Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight, we are going to conclude chapter three. <laughs> We've been learning the five items uh, that one who has trust needs to be familiar with, needs to know. And the fifth one was knowing that a person needs to Haishmuel. The fifth item was that a person needs to know Hashem has put this cause and effect system in place. And last week we spoke about why the righteous may suffer and the wicked may prosper. But tonight we're going to talk about something what I believe is extremely, extremely practical. And I'd like to think very relevant, which is, which is how do you choose an occupation? How do you know what's appropriate for you to be doing? We all need to work until we retire in your session. Even then, some of us need to work. So how do you know what's appropriate for you to do? And it's a very, it's a very important question, even in a spiritual sense. So practically, it's an important question because... We constantly need to know what type of job should I be taking? Where is Hashem going to be sending me my income from? But on a spiritual sense also, we learn that someone that has talents and doesn't use them, they throw them away. In a sense, they're sinning. So if someone has a talent for art, we want them to use out their talents for art in a holy way. If someone has a talent for speaking, we want them to learn um, and grow in that talent of speaking and use it in a holy way. If someone has a talent for singing, if someone has a talent for engineering, whatever it may be, the Torah it wants us to use it out. The, the specific example given is if someone can find diamonds and becomes a baker. Or someone could be a great baker and is finding diamonds, they may be, in a sense, sinning. So again, when we're going to ask the question now, how to find the right occupation, it's not only to know how Hashem is going to send our blessing. It's also to know, are we doing what our mission in life is? Okay, here we go. Let's see it inside. We are in the handout um, on page 21. Rabbi Schneer? Yes. Oh, excuse me, but last week, uh, yes, you, yes, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I was okay. just thinking about it. Okay. Thank you. So now that in the fifth item, I've told you the importance of just one moment. In the fifth item, I've told you the importance of the cause and effect system. And since it has been demonstrated above that people are obligated to make efforts to engage in the means of obtaining their livelihood and other needs, so we all need to go ahead and, and work for a living, as they say. 
Nevar Ata, Kiein Kolodam Chayiv Lechaver Al Kol Siba Misiba Satarech. We will now explain that not every person is obligated to pursue each means of obtaining one's livelihood, as there are many different means in which one can engage in. So you could be a comedian, right? Shmuel. You could go into comedy. Or you could go into today the IT. There's so much to go in. And just because you see you know, signs saying hiring now doesn't mean that you need to take that job. So how do you know if you should? So some of those means are relatively easy because they entail little exertion. So some jobs, physically you're not working hard, such as selling merchandise in the store or engaging in types of handiwork that involve little exertion such as sewing, weaving, writing. Well, I'll just tell you in school, some of the kids say writing is the hardest thing in the world. But uh, generally we say writing is not as hard as a, a moving company or storing merchandise and safeguarding it until it goes up in value. Being a security guard. It's not, it's not a hard work at the moment. You're trained to consistently look out but you're not physically schlepping. Other examples of easy occupations include those who contract sharecroppers and other workers to work the land and those who are responsible to oversee the workers who are working the land managers. So some jobs are, again, we're not talking about stress. We're talking on a, on a very physical, um, um, physical level of using your body they don't take a lot of hard body work. We may hand on the op, on the other extreme. See, boys, yesh ben yigiyah v'toyra. He was ha'oyrois. So he taught sabar galvana choshes v'yisadus min moito ayem. V'ziko kakesef v'yisadus. V'nasu ha'mafsoyis ha'kevedos. V'lechus bidrochim rechoikim tamis v'avedus adam ha'adama v'acharishas v'chayitam. However, there are other means of obtaining a livelihood that involve much toil and exertion, such as tanning skin, mining iron, copper from the depths of the earth, refining silver by using lead, lifting heavy loads, regular long distance travel, working the land and plowing it and the like. So we have extremes and of course there's middle ground, but we're just saying the extremes. The extremes are you have items where a person physically needs to work very hard However, they don't need to use their brain much. This is going to be an important point. So take someone who drives a truck. They're, they're, they're schlepping. It's a very hard on the body. You know, they're sleeping in truck stops. It's physically a hard. But it doesn't take so much intelligence. You have the flip side. You have someone who's going to be um, in some man management level where it takes a lot of intelligence, but it's not so hard. 
And of course, like I said, you have those in between. So which opportunity should you be looking for? So if someone is a person who is physically strong but intellectually weak, it is appropriate that he chooses one of those occupations mentioned above that require toil, but only as much as he can tolerate. So <laughs> literally, knowing who you are, knowing your body, that's very, a very big starting point uh, for knowing what type of job to get. Conversely, a person who is physically weak but has strong intellect should not pursue those means of livelihood that tire out the body. Instead, he should turn to those occupations which are easier on the body and will therefore be able to engage in constantly. So someone who is physically weak, but intellectually strong, he should look for something that's gonna take more of his intellect. Let me give you an example. Let's look at the patriarchs. Hashem, what did they do, anyone? What did our patriarchs do? Um, and most of Yaakov's children, what was their occupation? Okay, not everybody at once. Shepherd. They were shepherds. They were, thank you, Yeshua. Thanks for saving me. Okay, they were shepherds, which is, why were they shepherds? Because that gave them the opportunity to be secluded, really focus and think about Hashem. So, Everyone has a divine mission and their body was made like that. Their body was made in a way that enables them to fulfill what they need to do. This is what we say that Hashem puts us where we need to be or like Mark was telling me on Shabbos, um, how nothing is just because at the right time, right place. Hashem put us there. Mark, thank you for the reminder. What does it mean Hashem put us there? It means that, yeah, our body, each moment where we are, is exactly the way it needs to be for that opportunity. Don't how, does that, how does that okay. correlate with free will? Well, that's a good question. You could go ahead and dig in a mine. You have the ability to, meaning free will means that Hashem is guiding you in a certain way. But you can go ahead and become a miner. Like I gave that analogy earlier. If you're a good baker, you have talent in that area, you still could go and dig diamonds out from the ground. Um, but you're not using your talents, you're not following the direction that Hashem is guiding you in.
you know, now we're going to learn two things that are so simple, but also mind-boggling. Or, or <laughs> the truth is we're going to learn one thing. Look at the animal kingdom, and we're going to talk a lot about this right now. Look at the animal kingdom. How is it that every cat knows to catch mice? And how is it that Hashem knew to create giraffes tall so they could get food from the trees and lions fast? In the animal kingdom, we all recognize in a second how each body of the animal, each animal's body was created for its needs. And it naturally knows what it needs to do. We're going to learn, and that's what we're going to learn now, that your body naturally knows what you need to do. You may not listen much. You could go against what your body is telling you. But Hashem has allowed our bodies to really direct us. Let's see that inside. In truth, every person, something is blocking my screen, I apologize. Okay. In truth, every person has more of a desire for one type of work of commerce than others, which the Almighty has ingrained in his very nature to love and cherish. This is, this is just unbelievable. What's so unbelievable about this? What we're saying is, Hashem wants you to enjoy what you do. Hashem has given you a natural love for what you're needed for. Let's read that again. Let's read that again. Again, it's mind-boggling. It, it, I shouldn't say it's mind-boggling. I think in my mind, maybe, maybe you disagree with me, it goes against a lot of norms that naturally you think. Every person has more of a desire for one type of work or commerce than others, which the Almighty has ingrained in his very nature to love and cherish. That means Hashem is telling you, Hashem is making your body love and cherish this because that's what he's needed for. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this is, this is big. This is big. Shmuel, what do you think? What do you think? Can't hear you, Shmuel. It could be you're, you're on mute. What do I think about one thing being ingrained, or everything that you talked about? What, what do you think about the fact that Hashem gives you a, a a love or a desire for what you're needed for? In other words, in other words, the fact that work is not supposed to be dull and boring and annoying. Oh, yeah, I always taught that. that. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Okay, and now let's see this in regards to the animal kingdom. Not only were human beings given this, this privilege, this ability, that their makeup makes them want what they, what they need to do. It's supposed to be found by other living creatures. That God ingrained in their very nature the means, the means with which they sustain themselves. 
like that which ingrained in the nature of a cat to prey on mice. Mice have a desire for, cats have a desire for mice. In the nature of the hawk, to prey on those birds which are fitting for it. And in the nature of the deer, to prey on snakes. Likewise, there are certain birds which will only prey on fish. In a similar fashion, God ingrained in the nature of each and every living species a predisposition in the, and a desire for one of the species of plants or living creatures so that they shall serve as its source of food. So every creature in the world, Hashem has naturally given them the desire for whatever they need to do. Not only is it a desire now, we're going to learn, Hashem has physically made our body and their body that way. Even the makeup of the body and limbs of each species of living creatures are such so that they are fit for the consumption of the food that it is in their nature to eat. As is evidenced by the long mouth and legs and long legs of the birds which prey on fish. Right, the birds, they have long legs and they're high, they can peek inside and they see a fish and pounce, they get it. And look at the lion by the teeth and sharp nails of the lion. And by the horns of the bull and the ram. So the animals that, that need, whether it is protection or to eat other animals, and they need to kill them, that's the way that they're going to live. Hashem has given them the, those abilities. What about animals that don't need to kill other animals to eat? However, those animals whose food is from vegetation, God did not give them body parts to use as instruments with which to hunt and prey. Right? Kosher animals. We know kosher animals are not hunters. Cows, they don't have teeth to kill. Similarly, giraffes. So Hashem gives every animal what they need. And, and similarly, about just like the animals who, who were no different. In a similar manner, you will find that the various character traits of people and the makeup of their bodies are each suited for a specific type of business or work. So Hashem has made some people tall, so if, you, if, you, if Hashem wants you to be a basketball player, he probably made you very tall and skinny. And if Hashem wants you to be someone who's going to be able to get through narrow places, you'll probably be small and short. Hashem has made us our physical body in the way we need to be. Yes, Shmuel. I was just thinking about the word specific. Uh, that's really kind of what's been troubling me while you've been talking. That uh, it sounds like you're saying everybody has just one thing to do in life, to focus on. 
And I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, it doesn't have to be, for sure. Do you follow? I mean, a person can wear two or three hats, do two or three different kinds of jobs. 100%. Um, with the catch, so, so firstly, let me acknowledge what you're saying. Yes, a person throughout his life may transition to a different job, live in different places. Um, and, and to be honest, his body may be desiring, so to say, these different opportunities because that's where he belongs. That goes back to what we learned earlier that may Hashem yes, Hashem will put you where you need to be at that time. Um, there's a famous story of a rabbi who became a who became a wagon driver. He and that's what he needed to do for a while. I think it was about Shemto. He he wanted him to be a wagon driver because in his course of his driving, he one time was driving a certain Jew and the Jew was not religious and, and seeing the wagon driver himself be so religious inspired him. That was his mission at the time. So yes, Shmuel, throughout our life we could change. Um, our, our situations may change and directing us to different opportunities. Um, however, what we've learned is we should always make sure that at the time that we're looking into that opportunity, our body is telling us it's the right opportunity as well as our mind. Does that make sense, Shmuel? It makes sense. Now I want to add one. I just, one. I just know that there are some people who can do two or three different things throughout the day. It's actually kind of like different jobs. You try If you're struggling to make a living and you happen to be good at a few different uh, technical things, for example, you can you can be a photographer, you can be a cook, you can be a baker. You don't have to yes. do it one yes. thing. You can have multiple talents, 100%. Yeah. Yes, agreed, agreed, agreed. I think the specific it's point- sounding though like you're kind of saying the, the best thing to do is focus on, on one uh, particular- no. Commitment no, no, I appreciate that. that. Deal is, is really there for you. I appreciate that. My point, the point we're learning here is not to say take one job and don't do anything else. No. Um, actually, we're going to say something similar to that. So let's read two more paragraphs and then we can talk about it. Because if I clarify now, it's going to look like I'm contradicting myself. Let's see what he says for a moment. So again, so we're going to go two paragraphs further and, and then, then regroup. One who finds that his character traits and natures are suited for a certain work and also by nature desires it and whose body is suited for it and is able to tolerate the exertion which is required for it, should pursue it and make it as a means for obtaining his life. Okay, so if, if you find certain traits and you find you're fitted for it, you want it, your body's okay with it, go for it. Now I want to read the next paragraph. This is this is where it may get a little confusing and talk about it. He should tolerate both its pleasant aspects 
as well as its difficult aspects. <coughs> he should have become sick with it if at times it doesn't sufficiently provide for his sustenance. Rather, he should rely on the Almighty that he will provide him with sufficient livelihood for his, his entire life. So, so what is this saying here? It's telling us that if you've found the, the uh, job, the opportunity, so you feel it right for you, so stick it out and don't bounce from one to the other. Why? Because the Gemara tells us that every job at times is good, at times is bad. So if you feel that this is where you belong, don't quit it just because temporarily the stock market is down in that area. Now it's interesting, commentaries, commentators here say, there is such an, a thing as an absolute trade, right? There's no more wagon drivers. If you were a great wagon driver, don't continue trying to be a wagon driver because you're, no, if your trade is absolute, so it's absolute and, and look, for another opportunity. But if you're a car salesman and one year you're doing great and the next year you're not doing so good, stick it out, stick it out because there's good times and there's bad times. Trust, now stick it out means trust in Hashem that he's gonna take care of you. This is where I have a little trouble. Please, please tell me about it. If a person's career is struggling in the thing that they think they're meant to do, they can always come back to it when the opportunity reappears. And in the meantime, you do something else. It's no, there's no reason to think that there's only one thing that's meant for one person as a livelihood. I, I, I just don't get it. But, but that's probably because I... No, no, no. Actually, Shmuel is bringing up a very, very good question that I want to expound upon. Right? If it's not working, move on to the next thing. Like, what's the big deal? If you're trying to talk, Shmuel, I can't hear you, though. Maybe my issue. What happened? Now I hear you. Okay, good. Yeah, sure. You have any comments on Shmuel's point? Like, just if you, if you don't, if, if you're not successful in car salesman just uh, you know go go start selling washing machines move around yeah i do have a comment please um i've heard it said and it melds well with what's been discussed tonight that you should pursue that which you're good at every person has skills or a set of skills and uh so you should do what you're good at now the question is do you should you do what you love or should you do what you're good at? If you're faced with, you know, the opportunity to do something that you love, but you're bad at it versus something that you're really good at, but you're not so sure that you like it, what do you do? And I, and, um, and I'd say you want to pursue that which you're good at. And if you uh, approach it with the right attitude, you'll get to love it after a while too. Now, if you get stuck in something, like if you're really good at, you know, making buggy whips, 
but there is no market for buggy whips, then you should maybe uh, look at some of your other skills. And um, we all are endowed with multiple skills. So pursue those two in, 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 as an alternative. How's that sound? Well, how does that sound? How does it sound to me? Yeah, how is he? I, I liked it very much. I, I understand that we're talking about bitachon here, right? So in that sense, uh, you, when it comes to talking about the work that you're doing, I understand that there are, we can look at it all these different ways, and and we're not really contradicting each other. Yes, well said, and, and that's really what the message here is. There is something called spinning your spinning a wheel. Um, who is telling me about the hamster's wheel? Oh, on Shabbos, I was talking with somebody. I got to focus on just one thing. On Shabbos, when, I was when you really with want it, when you really like uh, being involved in all of it. And they were telling me about a hamster wheel, right? You could you could work really hard, really, really, really hard. But you're just going to be that hamster that's just spinning a wheel going nowhere. So just because we're working three jobs doesn't mean we're, that's where our money is really going to come from. So Shmuel, yes, we're talking here about be talking. I'm going to say something a little tough. I'm going to say tough, not to Shmuel, tough to myself. What does it mean? If you're going to, if your occupation is going through a rough time, you shouldn't leave it. Sorry again? What does it mean right here where when it says he should tolerate both its pleasant aspects as well as its difficult aspects and not become sick with it? What it means is if we trust that everything is from Hashem, so then Hashem is temporarily telling you, I'm giving you a two-week break where you're during these two weeks. I want you to, you know, have a little less. Because Hashem has chosen for you to not make so much money right now. So again, if you've shown that this is where your talents are, this is the way your body's fitting, this is what fits for your life, and you start that job, and momentarily you have a setback, don't jump away because Hashem has chosen. And you jumping away, who's, that's not going to help you. That was Hashem's choice. So if we're saying everything is from Hashem, and you, and you just like the, the bird that has a long feet and the big, big mouth in order to dig into the water and catch the fish, if you've chosen the right occupation, so stick it through. So how does this connection? Well, you asked, you asked before, you said, can't you have more than one job? So the answer is yes, it could be a person needs more than one job. But I'll request, we talk about having more than one job in chapter four, where in chapter four, we're really gonna start getting down to how much, how much money does a person in other words, we're going to ask, at what point, you know, there was, there's a falafel stand in Israel that every day 
he, the man opens up, and as soon as he makes whatever amount he feels he needs that day, he closes. He just closes. You could have driven from Haifa, from Tel Aviv, but if he made, you know, the budget he needed that day, he closes and he goes to lunch. So how do we know what our what our budget we really need for that day is? Or are we, we're going to discuss it in chapter four. So so we'll I'm going to kind of put your question aside for a little bit. Any questions before we go ahead? Okay, let's recap. We're recapping. How do you know which which job to look into? It should be something that's fitting your body, something that's fitting your makeup, something you want to do. Okay. So what should what should be your attitude when working? And we're not saying you need to have an attitude to your boss. We're saying what should be your feelings um, when you're going to work? And the reason we're bringing this up right now is because if you're working hard, generally, you're going to feel that your work got you here. That's not be talked. So we need to remember that when we're working, we know that the work is just a vessel of Hashem and don't put too much into your work. So again, Shmuel, this is all going to connect with what you said before about taking three jobs. Work is just a vessel. And there, there are times that Hashem needs you to do three jobs. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But, but don't forget that you're just doing, you're just making some vessels for Hashem to bless. Okay, attitude towards one's work. The Chavim, the Gufoi, the Siba Min Valeha, when one's mind and body are occupied with the means of obtaining one's livelihood, as well as when he is pursuing those means, he should have in mind, that he is doing so in order to fulfill the commandments of the Creator who instructed a person to engage himself in worldly means of obtaining his livelihood. As is written, the Lord God took the man and he placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to guard it. So Adam Harisha, when he was created, the first man, he was cre- he was created and, and put in the garden to work. So we're working to fulfill the instructions from Hashem, but not because that's the only way Hashem is going to send us a blessing. Hashem is going to send us blessings in whatever path He wants. To. But He also instructed us that we need to make make a vessel. Now. You know, Jewish people as a whole, the Jewish religion is not vegetarian. Okay, yes, we eat a lot of meat. And, um, why is that? Well, let's see. Likewise, God instructed a person to use out the living creatures for his benefit and food for the development of the country and to prepare food for them, to, to cohabit with women, with them, for the purpose of bearing children. So Hashem has put us in this world to work with the world. Going back to animals, 
Hashem wants us, actually, in a way, it's a mitzvah to eat an animal if we do it appropriately because we're elevating the animal. You know, every, there's four parts of the world, right? There's the human race, there's the humans, animals, vegetation, and inanimate. And it's interesting that the humans need the animals to live. Animals need the vegetation, and vegetation needs the inanimate to live. So each group needs the group lower than it. Why does Hashem make, it, make the world in such a way? Why does Hashem want us to work with the lower groups within this, these four groups? Because, and here's the the lower something is, the greater the energy it has. So why do we eat, why is it a mitzvah to eat animals? Because animals actually have, a, have energy within them that is much greater than us. And when we, when we eat that energy, after the animal was properly, properly slaughtered and made kosher, and we, had a, we made a blessing on it, and we had in mind that we're eating this in order to be able to have more energy to do good things. So we've actually elevated that animal to, to its source. So Hashem has put us in this world to work with the world and to elevate everything within the world. And here's what's awesome. If you just try to do your part, you're going to be rewarded as if you succeeded. A person will be rewarded for doing these actions when his intention in doing them is for the sake of God he will be re rewarded regardless of whether or not he achieves that which he is desired. As it is written in Tehillim, if you eat the toil of your hands, you are praiseworthy and it is good for you. And as the rabbis of blessed memory said, all your deeds should be for the sake of heaven. So what should be your intention when doing anything within your life? It should, I just want to make sure. Do you, do you hear me? Could you give me a thumbs up if you hear me? Okay. What should be your intention when living life it should be that i'm trying to do my part within this world and whether or not you succeed is not important hashem is going to reward you as if you succeeded when his intention is for the sake of heaven, then his reliance on God will be wholesome, and his efforts in engaging with the various means to obtain his livelihood will not in any way harm his trust in God. So if we have this outlook that we're just doing it, this is Hashem, I'm doing it to make that vessel that Hashem is ultimately going to bless me, then my work is not a contradiction to my trust in Hashem. The Al Yachshev Ki 
A person shouldn't think that his livelihood hinges upon the specific means of livelihood that he chose for himself. And that were that means to be withheld for him, then his livelihood would not come through other means. Instead, he should rely on God that he will sustain him. So we need to know that our job is just just a way we're trying to kind of do our part. But that's not the only, if we're not successful here, Hashem could still give us money in another way. Hashem could take care of us in another way. He should realize that from the perspective of the, of the creator, all the various means are equal. A jeweler, a doctor, a lawyer, they're all the same. And that, and he can't sustain him in whichever one of these means that he chooses, and at any time that he chooses, and in any manner in which he decides. Just because you're a lawyer doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of money. And going up and, and being a, um, you know, being a, a clerk in a store, <laughs> you may win the lottery right there. Hashem's going to take care of you really well. As scripture says, and this is a very powerful verse, for with the Lord there's no limitation to say with many or with few. Hashem doesn't need a big army to win. And as it says, for it is he that gives you strength to make wealth. Hashem is giving you the energy to make what you have. And as it says in Zechariah, not by military force and not by physical strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So what have, what have we learned tonight? And with this, we've concluded chapter three. We've learned, yes, there are five principles a person must know in order to have real trust in Hashem. That's what the chapter focused on. But what we've learned at this moment tonight is that Hashem has directed us. He's created us. He's uh, The makeup of our body and of our being um, is naturally going to desire what's appropriate for us. And we just need to do what we can, do our part. And Hashem will give us, whether through that way or another way, what we need in order to live. What should our, pro what should our approach be to work? Our, our approach should be, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I'm doing my part. And Hashem will take care of me, whether through, you know, my monthly check or something else. Well, something else will happen, but it's all Hashem. Any thoughts or questions? Just a thought that at the time that this was written, how many different occupations were there compared to what we have today? Yeah. And I would posit that today, the opportunities to fulfill what's written here are far greater than they were a, a millennium ago. I mean, so you're saying, you're saying that today we have even more opportunity. Absolutely. And how does your uh, parental guidance fall into this? If your parents say, oh, you're very talented in this, you should pursue this, you should do that, you should do this, we expect this from you. That's all part of the, the, the equation that, that affects your path in life. 
Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think you find where your talents are and you, 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 uh, you go where your talents are. And, and, you know, I mean, applying what's written in the, you know, what's written here is you should pursue your talents where they create the most value, where they make the biggest difference, where they have the biggest impact. Now, I'm not saying financial or emotional or otherwise, but, or all of the above, but, you know, you marry up your talents with where you have the greatest impact and uh, that's what you do. And you'll have bad days and good days. How do you recognize it? How do you, how do you, uh, how do you, how do you make every little decision about how to get there? You, You experiment and try. You, you just do it and you don't you know if you're going to pursue something where you have some talent you don't just say well i'm just going to dabble in this for a month you know and the first time you have a setback you give up yeah, yeah, yeah. no you you say you know i'm going to give this two years or more or yeah more. Shmuel, it's interesting you mentioned uh, where do parents come in yeah. the truth is they don't come in they don't. They don't. It's an interesting. It's a, it's a. It's an interesting halacha. When it comes to your business, you could decide. So much so that if you're in business and your father or mother gives you advice, there's no keep the kibud of aim honoring your parents does not mean you need to take their business advice. It's actually this is a very um, clear clear halacha that when it, that. Uh, you need to respect your parents, but you don't respecting them doesn't mean that their opinion is what you need to do in business. And I'm I'm sorry, Yeshu. I know you probably want to feel that you could tell your kids what to do, uh, but uh, well, I'm, I'm just thinking. I, that it I, I agree with you completely. I mean, let's use you as a as a as a test case here. Okay. Don't make it personal. Don't make it personal. Oh, I'm going to make it real personal. You've got a good singing voice, right? You've you've pursued that as a skill, as a talent. You and and it's something that you enjoy too. But you know, you were endowed with a good singing voice, and and you pursue that. You know, you 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 look at look at the skills that you have to be a principal. And then there's a spillover to, uh, so you're not just a principal, but you know, you're teaching this class. Very kind. Thank you. You know, and, and we could go on, but I think that you get the point. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. Well, don't th- say that your parents didn't have influence in it. <laughs> well, they enabled, I mean, I remember uh, 